Thank you so much for downloading this podcast. Do you know that God's word has the ability to make you what it talks about? As you listen to this sermon by Tikatoni, it is our prayer that you will filled with faith, hope, and love. God bless you. One of those things would be soul winning and prayer. Do you know that Jesus prayed for you? How many of you know Jesus prayed for you? Now I'm not saying he prayed for you this morning. There's no morning in heaven. It's always day, right? But Jesus prayed for you while he was here on earth. You know that, right? Okay, okay. Let me show it to you. I'll read it to you from the book of John chapter 7, okay? Now, okay. And um, it says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them... Are you here? I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved me. Do you see that? I was reading from John 17 verse 20. Then I read down to the 23rd verse. But everywhere you look at that portion of scripture, you see some very, very interesting things there. The first thing you see is Jesus is praying for us. Thank God he prayed for me. Can you imagine Jesus praying for you? This is amazing. Alright? But every time he would say, that the world may believe. In the 21st verse he he said, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. That the world may believe that you have sent me. Come to the front, sir. When you're not on duty, you sit down. Like every other person. Alright. That the world may believe that you have sent me. How can the world believe that Jesus was sent to the world to die for them if we don't tell the world? See, Jesus prayed for you when you start winning souls. When you start telling about the good news. He prayed for you because in his mind, he saw you doing it. In his mind, he saw you doing it. So winning is your place and your responsibility in Christ Jesus. How many of you recognize that what you cannot teach, you have not understood? How many of you recognize that? Yes. Most of you, <laughs> most of you, when it comes to uh, academics, you know what I'm talking about. You, you know that. You know the things you, you can obviously not teach. The same thing happened with me. I mean, pff, teach, <laughs> mass cause. All I just do is, all I would do before, you know, just look at it. 
close your eye make sure you can see it don't talk and make sure you don't come too early to the exam because if you come too early people will start talking to you and before you know it portions of the most important portions or sometimes the most insignificant portions will be forgotten and those things will lead to failure right the place where in mathematics you should probably put less than or equal to you put greater than and then somebody will see do you understand this thing has that never happened to you before just before exam someone comes to you and is like do you understand this thing and you're like bro just hold on a minute all right you don't want to talk too much because you cannot give what you don't have do you understand me you cannot give what you don't have but jesus has equipped you to give what you do have that's why he prayed for you how can the world know jesus how can the people around you know Jesus? Man, I mean, you ought to be noisy about the things that God has done. The things that God has done through Jesus Christ. You ought to be bold. Christianity is the great confession. Praise the Lord. Remember to always tell about the good news of Jesus Christ. Because God needs a lot of people to know this truth whether we believe it or whether we don't preach it as often as we should jesus is still coming soon right jesus is still coming soon no one knows the exact day no one knows the exact time but what we do know is that we have a part to play and guess what that part is that we tell the gospel everywhere Tell your neighbor, tell the good news everywhere. And pray, 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 pray. Pray, pray. That's why you're in a living relationship with the Lord. Alright? Turn to your neighbor again and just preach to that person for two minutes. Telling the person that they should tell the good news everywhere they go. Two minutes. The world has got to know what Jesus did for them. Are you preaching to that person? The Bible says that iron sharpens iron, right? Sharpen someone right now. Tell the good news. Tell the good news. Doesn't matter what you do. Tell the good news. Praise God forever. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you finished telling? You know there's this song we used to sing those days. Go and tell them. Go and tell them. Jesus died for sinful men. Go and tell them. Go and tell them. He is coming back again. How many of you know that song? Some of you are so more than you've forgotten it. Sinach has changed your life. Bless God for Jesus. Amen. Okay. So remember, tell the good news. And make sure that you have a constant place of prayer. Don't pray today. And because you probably prayed today for three hours. How many of you has that happened to? You prayed today so long, it's enough for one week. That's not how it works. <laughs> God said that my house shall be called a place of prayer. 
You know what that means? Your house is a place of prayer. Where is God living at? God is living inside of me. And God is staying wherever I stay. You may stay in the junkiest place under the bridge. And there is no one like that here. Thank you, Jesus. You may stay in the most uncomfortable place. But the Lord is there. Make it a place of prayer. Praise the Lord. Make it a place of prayer. Let it be the place where angels descend and ascend. Thank you, Jesus. Prayer... Prayer is not an escape from reality. Prayer is not an escape from reality. Prayer is serious business. Prayer settles your present and takes care of your future. Prayer. Prayer is the responsibility of the believing man in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Make sure to pray. Make sure to pray. Make sure to pray. All right. Now that I've finished telling you all those preambles and uh, encouraging you, let's open our Bibles, please. Stand up for a moment. And I want you to say boldly after me. Boldly after me, like you were pledging. Your hands may not be on your chest, but you say it like you were saying, you know, I don't know, the Nigerian pledge, nobody says it with enthusiasm. You say it like you were saying. Uh, well, like you were preaching the word. Alright. Say, I am a new creation in Jesus. Say, I am a new creation in Jesus. Old things are passed away. The things of failure. Boldly, the things of death, the things of sickness, the things of darkness, the things of weakness are passed away. And all things are new in my life, in my home, in my business, in my work, everywhere. Jesus Christ in me is the hope of glory. Jesus Christ in me is the hope of glory. The glory of the future. The glory of my present. The glory of tomorrow. Christ in me is the hope of glory. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Death is abolished. Disease is abolished. Demons are abolished. I succeed in everything that I do. My way is the highway of holiness. I succeed in everything I do. My way is the highway of holiness. I'm full of faith. Full of grace. And full of glory. Well, clap your hands and praise the Lord as you take your seat. Please be seated. All right. 
Open your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Proverbs, chapter 10. Let's kick off. We are just going to go with the flow of the Holy Spirit, and uh, this our series is probably going to last up to two months. <laughs> Proverbs, chapter 10. I hope it does. We're going to read it together, so get ready. Proverbs chapter 10. If you dare say amen. Verse 22. Let's read it together. One to go. The blessing. Okay, hold on. If you're there, say amen. If you're with a Bible, raise it up. Let me see you. Okay. If you're without a Bible, you ungodly thing, next time come with a Bible. Ungodly just means you don't behave like God in this particular instance. I'm sure Jesus would carry one. Verse 22, if, let's read it together. One to go. The blessing. Again, the blessing of the Lord makes you and adds no trouble to it. Okay. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth. And he adds no trouble to it. That is beautiful. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth. And he adds no trouble to it. Before I go on to tell you about this, I have to start somewhere. I have to start at a place that is before this kind of word. Well, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Let me tell you a little bit about how Ufoke was. Ufuke was a very, uh, well, <laughs> longest journey I've ever been on in my life. I mean, just getting there took close to nine hours. It was long, man. It was long, guys. I mean, every single, I didn't know Benway was bigger than Edo State by at least two times. Just the one place where you'd say, I want to go here. If you see Johnny, <laughs> in a county where you just want to go buy fuel, <laughs> you come back at night if you left in the morning. <laughs> very long, very, very far distance. The community was a beautiful place. I mean, I have never seen the kind of stars that I saw there. The place, it was like I was close to the, to the moon. It was beautiful. I came out at night and I shouted, Jesus! Everywhere was... I can't explain it, man. It was like the Garden of Eden, you know. You come out so full of nature. The people were so loving. They respected to a fault. I have never seen people respect like that my whole life. But then on the first day that we got there... <laughs> When I got there, I, in fact, in my video log, um, my audio log, I was very grateful that you guys enjoyed me. Because I can imagine the ladies there who have not yet been trained well in Christ. <laughs> Jesus! Jesus! People would have probably screamed their way out of that place. Alright? Because the terrain was amazing. It was just amazing. It's a very hilly place. It's, it's upland. It's upland. Okay? On the first day that we got there, rain had not fallen in, I, I was told, about two months. 
the place is full of rainmakers. Programs have been holding no rain ever fell until the day I arrived. When I got there, just shortly before I would go forward to preach, an amazing rain just started falling. It was so strong, it broke mics, it destroyed speakers, it was just taking things down. The pastors said, they, they came, they sent a message and said that they are sorry that it was the rainmakers that did it. They now said, who are you? Because all the pastors have come. Nobody caused rain to fall. Nobody was troubled. Why is it that when you come, they make rain fall? I smiled. I said, well, I don't know. The rain was, it was heavy. It was heavy. It was so heavy that, you see, this is the interesting thing. The rain stopped falling at the point where the crusade was supposed to end. It stopped falling at 11 o'clock. Exactly when the crusade ended. You see, there was nobody there in the crusade. So it was supposed to be a three-day meeting. It was now two days. That night, I came out and I was praying and I was saying, Rain, go back. Rain, go back in Jesus' name. Well, the rain did not go back. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, Why do you like struggling? Leave this rain to fall. For it shall be the last. I said, okay. Other guys were also praying too. My guys, you know that kind of thing where they just see their guest preacher. Ah, he's praying. Everybody's praying, shaking his head, kneeling down, raising his hand. We're like the 450 prophets of Baal. It was crazy, man. <laughs> I walked inside. I saw some of them in my room. One of them in my room, and I said, it's all right. <laughs> Let the rain fall. It's all right. For Tossie is the Spirit of the Lord that that's going to be the last rain ever until I leave. Well, the brother got up. We had peace in our hearts. And until the day, the day that I was leaving, as soon as I got a quarter way of the journey, that was when the first rain started. It was amazing. It was amazing. Now, this one was natural. It was natural rain. Okay? On that day, ah, man, those guys, you know, people just like setting you up. But praise God for the ability of the Holy Spirit. Because if not for the ability of the Holy Spirit, it would be like we just come to speak cunningly devised fables. So, the pastor, one of the pastors of the Assemblies of God, immediately in the morning, I was, while I was yet sleeping, I heard a knock on my door. Knock, knock, knock. I said, yeah. My friend, Brother George, said, sir, there are two people waiting outside to see you. I said, this morning, it's seven. He said, no, the they, they pastor sent them. I didn't know that it was kind of like, you know, a test. No test of power. So the brought this, he brought his mom and her grandson. Her grandson had appendicitis and was billed for um, operation within that week. They didn't have the money. 
So the boy was dying in pain. Then the grandma had had something that happened to her knee months ago. And so the grandma came and said, my leg, something did it. I smiled. I said, all right. So I went to the leg and I touched it and I touched the boy. I said, all right, where's the pain? The woman moved the leg. She said, ah, hallelujah. She said, I am my eye. <laughs> then the small boy was searching, searching. Then he ran out and went to tell the pastor, it's not there again. It's not there again. That South villager started hearing about it. And then that's how the Lord started to announce us. In that whole place, that whole part of the place, nobody there uses MTN. Everybody uses Glow. Because network is at its... Um, only Glow functions there. Only Glow fun functions there. Do you know what drew crowds to the meeting? The Lord began to do signs and wonders to the point he started... I don't know whether I'll say he started outdoing himself. I came with an MTN line. That day... As soon as I um, brought out my phone and switched it on, immediately network entered my phone. People started coming more because of network from MTN that did not exist in a place. Now, that was awesome. And they were like, you don't understand. This is a sign and a wonder. I was like, but it's normal. But it's normal to have network. They said, no, no, no. MTN has never been here before. And no one has ever seen MTN network. You don't know why people are coming here. If God can put network inside your phone. <laughs> Let's clap our hands and praise the Lord. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was wow. It was wow. You know those points where hallelujah is not enough? You just got to go with wow. You know? That's a great substitute for hallelujah. And then the meeting began. And the, and the night of the meeting, that was on the second day, when I came forward to, to speak the word of God, the interpreter with me was just, he was awesome, man. The guy was just interpreting with boldness, and, and we were both bold, we were gingering, and we were all talking and all that. So I made a mass prayer. I said, all right, all those who want to be healed, now place your hand where you are, and then we prayed for them. When we prayed for them, only four people got healed. When four people got healed, I said, well, that's how the Lord works with me. First, the mass will receive, then we would pray for people one by one. So I said, all those who still need healing, come. My goodness, like 65 people. Now, out of those 65 people, there were five cases of dumbness and deafness. Five cases of deafness. Two were deaf and dumb. Um, two were partially deaf. Then one was deaf and um, had problems with the eye. Could not see properly. So that, those were the five cases. Then there was a lady whose leg was like this. She walked on her toes. That was another one. So I started first with the easy ones. The ones that easy in quotes. You know what easy is? There's nothing that is... God said in his word, 
I am the Lord God of Israel. Is there anything too difficult for me? Tell your neighbor there is nothing too difficult. So guys, look what happened. When I started praying, I prayed for a certain set of people. I prayed, then I said, I said, man, we need to make this work easier today. So I said, how many of you here have headaches? See, headache, 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 headache. People with headaches, stomach pain, and all those pains. I said, now all of you put your hands together. There was about 20 of them. I said, when I touch the first person, everybody will be healed. He said, okay. I said, in Jesus' name. I said, where's the pain? All 20 were healed. I said, now go back to your seat. The next set of people kept coming and kept coming. Now we had gotten to 50 healings. 50 people were all healed. So I got down to this girl whose leg was like this. It was weird, man. I was like, these are the kind of things that make people not get married. You know, funny looking legs. And she was walking on her toes. I said, what's the problem? She said that she has, she was born with pains in the leg. And so if she doesn't walk like that, the pain is just going to, and since she has been walking like that from a child, her legs have conformed to that way of walking. So, the pastor, one of the, my, uh, the pastors was like, Sir, you need to seriously pray for her. I said, now this is the case where I would jokingly pray. So, I said nothing. I went to the legs and I touched the two legs. I said, now go away and start walking. I said, one of the pastors, test her and see. I moved straight to the next person. And then the pastor said, all right, come. And she took a first step and the leg got straight. Then she took the second step and it got straight. And everybody was like, wow! <laughs> wow! Let's clap our hands and praise the Lord. When that happened, when that happened, faith exploded in everybody. People were like, what? Then the next thing, the pastor who was interpreting for me had been married five years. And his wife had never given birth because when they got to the hospital, the doctor said that her fallopian tube was blocked and she had a fibroid. And the fibroid grew out, so it was showing from the stomach. It was a big fibroid. It was coming out of the belly. So she said, touch it. I said, okay, I will touch it. I touched it. I said, is that lump there? She said, that's the fibroid. It's the whole tube is blocked. I said, all right. I called the pastor. I said, this is what the Spirit of the Lord is telling me right now. You're going to have twin kids. They said, they'll be praying for twins. I said, don't pray too much. It might be four plates. <laughs> you may not have enough money to take care of the kids. That go, or you can even have heptaplets. <laughs> you know. And so, I went to the lady. I said, all right. I said, it's paining you? She said, yes. She said, five years now. I said, no problem. I said, in Jesus' name. Man, it was so easy. I could not, I have not, I mean, Emerald was great. Emerald was great. But the miracles were easy. I mean, I just went to the lady and I said, place your hand there. And I touched her and I said, in Jesus' name. I said, now, where is it? While her hand was there, the thing just vanished. The woman started crying. She said, it's not there. I said, now go and have kids. The pastor who was interpreting for me was like, I said, 
Now you're going to get tired of kids. You want kids, right? And I said, what the doctors could not do, Jesus Christ has done it. And Jesus Christ will do it again and again and again. That was the 55th miracle. It was out of 65. And then the list kept going on and on and on. And the last set of people to be healed was now this set of girls. Yeah, then there was this particular lady, the 56th miracle. She was brought on a chair. She was carried on a chair and dropped. Those of you who have followed me on Facebook recently, you must have seen that I made it a picture story. So she was carried like that. She said one day she was just walking some months ago, and as she was walking, she stepped on a poisonous substance. Then the Holy Spirit reminded me of a, of a portion of scripture. He says, and even if they drink the poisonous thing, it shall not hurt them. I wondered what kind of Christian will step on poisonous um, stuff and it will still affect your leg. To the point where you can't walk. I said, no, something is wrong with you, ma'am. Everybody was shocked. I said, something is wrong with you. They interpreted it. She was angry. I said, something is wrong. Something is very wrong. You, you are not committed to God. I said, now, make your commitments to God and let me go and pray. As I turned back, it was 65 people that were supposed to be prayed for. More people had come in. Now, all the ones that had even minor cases. You see, you see, people were coming up with amazing things. Somebody would remember what they used to have when they were... 15 years ago and things were just coming up but without fail every single one was healed so when we got to this woman i came to her the second time she was just talking i said tell her that i perceive that she has not made her way straight with the lord and if she does not make it straight without offense i will never minister to her when the pastor said it to her, oh man, the woman got serious. Started praying. Started praying in language. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything. I'm sorry for not, be ser- for not being serious about going to church. For not being serious about everything. Then when I was still praying for others, I was satisfied in my soul that she had made amends with the Lord. So I walked down to the lady. I said, alright. And then... I felt so strongly inside of me that I should not speak. So when I got to the lady, she was just sitting down. Her assistants were around her who who were hoping to help her back. Probably she had been prayed for many times. As I was told later, I confirmed that she had been prayed for many times. So when they brought the lady, I, I didn't know when. I knew, but you know that thing when you didn't know? I was so mad at the devil, I slapped her in the leg. The first time, and I slapped the other leg, and I slapped the other leg, and I slapped the other leg, and people were like, oh, hell no. (laughs) They're like, damn, I mean, this guy can slap the devil out of people. And then, she was just like, "Mm, mm, mm, mm." and then I touched the two legs, and I said, stand up. So, 
at first she was sitting down she was still looking the other pastor was still waiting i said tell her stand up he then said all right pastor said you are healed stand up and then she looked she looked at him she said are you sure she said, stand up the next thing she just moved her waist and immediately she stood up with strength then she started walking and everybody was like she's walking and you see in that particular community everybody knows each other there's no such thing as okay this guy is a stranger they faked it when they saw it faith exploded again more people came (laughs) from 65 now we're praying for over 65 i ministered to the sick till 12 30 from 8 o'clock till 12 30 i ministered to the sick one by one and without fail there was none that was not healed no matter the condition the lord healed them instantly until i kept the best for last now this is the other interesting thing while i was preaching while i was preaching on the same crusade ground where we're holding the crusade cultists were fighting I'm not saying on one side, on the same ground. And then they started throwing stones at me. They were throwing stones at me. You see, you, we've heard about spiritual powers. But I saw it that day. I was talking and talking and talking. And at one point, I just turned and I saw someone raise a machete and hit someone in the chest with it. And all we heard was, bah! Nothing happened. I was like, you see, all the cult is there are from primary six to ss3 there's not a single one of them that is a youth maybe 25 17 years to 10 years and they were all having those kinds of spiritual powers and they would hit each other and they would cut each other and nothing was happening this is us here holding crusade and people are like hey and over there people are like hey! <laughs> it was the most dramatic thing and people were throwing stones now this is the amazing thing i did not know they were throwing stones until the end of the meeting the my interpreter was the one who was receiving some of it every single bit of stone fell right at my feet and i had no idea it was like someone was standing in front and every time the stones just kept falling and the pastor said look at the stones here at first i didn't believe him he said look at the stones here and i was like wow you mean the lord loves me like this he could have let me get stoned but probably would say great are the persecutions of the righteous (laughs) you know so we now got to the final five those were the deaf the dumb and then the deaf wow I got to the first lady who was deaf. This lady had been waiting for me for two weeks. Because my arrival was spoken about. And people had said that I'm a miracle worker. You know, it's not like I'm a miracle worker. I just believe in a miracle worker. Well, people kept saying that kind of stuff. And this lady, this girl was not born deaf and dumb. But one day, her mother and father had a disagreement. While she was younger. And during the disagreement she's still a young kid of about 17 years of age but probably when she was about nine years old 
During the disagreement, the father beat the mother. The mother got mad, took her daughter, and started leaving home to go to her parents' place. When they got halfway there, the daughter looked ahead, saw something, and screamed and became deaf and dumb. Since then, she'd been deaf and dumb. They had taken her to... There's this place they always talk about. I was like, where is that place? Uh, they said they, 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 they've taken her to Kogi. What is Kogi? Is Kogi healing waters? I said, what is in Kogi? They said, that's where they go and cook. Well, those of you who know the cooking, I'm not talking of Maggi things. You understand? That's where they go to get powers of the devil. That's where the witch doctors live. And so they often go to Kogi. So she said they went to Kogi. They tried everything. They met many powerful people at Kogi. And nothing happened. So now, this girl followed me up. You don't understand follow up. I felt so much compassion for her. So I went to the lady. And I prayed for her. And I said, be loosed in the name of Jesus. Now, you see, I'm your, I'm, I'm your, I'm your mom of God. I got to tell you the truth. The lady was not healed. And I prayed for her a second time. And I prayed for her a third time. That was my first non-success. I said, wow. I said, wait. I said, wait. The lady followed me. I said, you wait. She followed me. I said, you wait. So she stood. I went to the next person. The lady was partially deaf. I prayed for her. And when I ministered to her, I said, in the name of Jesus, be loose. She was not healed. I said, you wait. I went to the third person. It was um, a little girl who was deaf and had problems with her eyes. I said, Lord, we've had over 70 supernatural results. These two people are desperate. Why are they not receiving? It's not God's fault. I was trying to discern what was the impediment. I got to this other little girl. She was about nine years old. So, I said, now let's test her first. I said, say something in your language. They said something. The girl was just looking at her. I said, this is bad. So, I went to her and I put my hands in her ear and I said, devil, come out! As soon as I said, devil, come out! The girl was still standing like that. Then the next thing, I took my hands off and she was like... Her ears opened. I said, Lord, the ear opened. I said, everybody was like, Then I said, where's the mother? The mother ran. And as soon as she ran, I've never seen someone just run and slide new. She just ran like, Scott. I was like, (coughs) I was like, daughter, stand up in Jesus' name. She started crying. She started speaking words. I had no idea what she was saying. I said, stand up. That's not why I called you. She finally stood up. I said, go and stand at a very far distance. You see, when God makes you healed, when God heals you, God does not give you good sight or good ears. He gives you excellent ears. That means that where the average person, where the normal person would not hear, The healed one ought to hear. So I said, go to that distance. The girl was here. They walked like after 
that tree to one of those tall grasses there. I said, now whisper the girl's name. She, something like Atanua. Is it Lenua? I beg. So the girl, the girl was looking because everybody was like, and then when she whispered her name, the girl said, eh? Everybody got excited. You would not believe how excited I was too. I was like, yes! Yes, Jesus! Yes! <laughs> and then, the, the mother was already weeping. I said, hold on, hold on. I said, you said the daughter also cannot see. She said, no, that she cannot see at night. She gets blind at night. I said, okay. No problem. No problem. I said, I placed my hand on her eye and I said, healed. Then I said, now, take a slippers and drop it in the dark area where the light for the crusade is not reaching and tell her to go and get the slippers. So they did that and then the girl just got up and ran, picked it up and she was there. <laughs> and everybody, there was great joy everywhere. I said, wow, Lord. I looked at the other two people who were still deaf and had not heard. I said, I hope this has inspired their faith. I said, but let's pray for another person. Then I went to the other one, and this time around, this was a boy who got deaf and dumb at the age of two. He just got deaf and dumb. Now he was about seven years old. The younger brother of the girl who was deaf and had problems with her eyes. So, I said, okay. So I placed my hand, one hand in one ear, and then opened his mouth and put one hand in his tongue. And I said, devil, come out! Then I said, mother, talk to your son. And then she called his name, and the boy turned and said, eh? This was surprising because this kid had not learned English. But he heard, and then she said, do you want to eat? And the boy opened his mouth and spoke in their language and said, I want to eat. Oh boy, I almost ran out of my skin. I said, now you see, the Bible says, the Bible says, is this not a marvelous thing in our sight? I marveled because how could God heal this boy in his ears and in his mouth and then give him the language? God gave him the language. This was the point where everybody, everybody that was present knelt down. Lifted up their hands. And then I had already called those who had not given their lives to Christ. People had come already. Over 40 people had come who had not given their lives to Christ. The next thing, cultists who were there, some cultists who were there fighting, they left the place and came and knelt down and gave their lives to Christ. And that was what the Lord did on the second day. Walk up your hands and praise Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Brothers and sisters, we serve a living God. Do you know we serve a living God? I serve a living God. I serve a living God. God is very kind. God is not a man that he should lie, right? He's not a man that he should lie. He's very kind. 
And that was, that was it. So those two girls were not healed. And I never went back to pray for them again that night. I left them. And out of, out of um, all those people that came, we had, yeah, there was another lady who had a migraine. She had been having a headache for years. Have you seen someone that has had a headache for four years? I mean, you sleep in headache. And as you're waking up, it's a headache that wakes you up. She has lived on headaches for four years. So this particular lady, I prayed for her too, and she was not healed. And then there was another person that I prayed for that was not healed. Altogether, four people were not healed on that day. While over 70 people were healed in Jesus' name. Then the, set, the third day in the morning, we thought that we had, on the first day, the crusade ground had a lot of people everywhere. But you see on the third day, people now started coming from far. In fact, some people came from Kogi. They traveled from Kogi State to come to my house. Yeah, well, you know, I just had to form. So when they come, I always be like, I'm sleeping a bag. Let them wait. Their miracle can wait. <laughs> I was so tired. Have you ever gotten tired that getting up is painful? I was so tired. When I move like this, every part of my body goes like, oh God. Oh God, do I need healing too? You know? But on that third day, this is what the Lord did. The Lord wrote, the Lord made it easy on the third day. On the third day, 50 people were healed with just a word. There was a woman who was blind in one eye. She had been blind for 15 years. I just walked up, I preached for 30 minutes. And I said, everybody who is sick, I said, it will be easy. It will be easier than yesterday. I said, now, every one of you, place your hand there. I said, in Jesus' name, be healed. Then I stepped down from the podium, submitted the mic to uh, my moderator, and walked home. And that was when the shouts began. As I was just going, like, hey, 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 hey. And that's how people kept shouting until 11 o'clock. I finished preaching at 9. Miracles happened till 11. Well, clap your hands and praise the Lord. <laughs> there was this particular there was this particular lady who had come from very far to see me. When she came, she started telling me about her good. Started telling me about her past. I just sat down and I said, "Lord, Thank God, thank you for patience. She was telling me, she was, and you know, they're not good at speaking English. She scattered English in more ways than one of our sisters here. Some of you know who I'm talking about. Those who know, amen. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. <laughs> that person right now is excited. <laughs> I didn't look into anybody's eyes. I'm looking at my Bible. So you cannot know if I don't say it. But as I was saying, this particular um, lady, when she, had, she told me how that there was one time, really, she was a core believer in Jesus Christ. She was so core 
that the moment she walked into my my place and I, I told them to give her a place to sit down like a reception I felt the spirit of prayer on the woman as in I came out and I felt the spirit of prayer like somebody who prays then as she started talking to me I found out that this woman could spend two days praying and she was praying in error but she spent days praying she was not baptized in the Holy Spirit she would pray in her language for two days. And do you know what she said she was praying for? She said she was praying that the power of God would reach the village. That she had been praying for years. She said she has not stopped praying. That every morning she goes out to preach the Bible. She said, but one day she got to a place at Kogi. She met a prophet. It was a church meeting. When she met the prophet, the prophet looked at her and said, Kai, your destiny is so powerful. The man now said to her, he said, but if you continue to pray the way you pray, all the people around you will die. Reduce it. <laughs> Jesus says in his word, be careful with what, with what you hear. He said, for the measure with which you hear is the measure by which you will be judged. Well, this woman believed that thing and for months, for about three months, she had stopped praying. When she came to see me, she had hyperplastic goiter. And her eyes were failing. She said, from those three months when she stopped praying, she said, then she began to experience all kinds of evil things. She said, she, that as she's talking to me, that the hyperplastic, her, her throat was like a frog's throat. She said, it just appeared in the morning when she woke up. She just found out that she had well-developed goiter. You know, goiter grows. Goiter is not instant. Hers just came like... She was holding a leaf in her hand while she was talking to me and chewing it. Bitter leaf. I was like... Jesus. She was chewing it with joy. I'm believing God for my healing. And she was spitting. I said, Wow. I told her and I said, whoever told you in this world that you should stop praying or reduce praying, that man is not just, he's not just a witch doctor, he's the devil's youngest son. I said, but I'm going to pray for you. And then I preached the message to her for 15 minutes. And you could see that she had faith. I mean, this woman's faith was unshakable. I have not seen a woman in a village like that. I have not seen a person in a village like that with such faith. As, she was, as I was talking to her, the word was instantly becoming a part of her. I was talking to her, the word was becoming a part of her. The word was becoming a part of her. The word was becoming a part of her. I said, now I'm going to pray for you. I said, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to impart the power of God to you. And then when I impart the power of God to you, God's going to heal you. She said, Amen. Then I stood up and I went to her and I stretched my hand toward her truth and I said, in Jesus' name. And she went under the power of God. The goiter, as soon as the flesh of my hand touched it, the goiter just went down. And I was like, whoa! I mean, I put my hand there. You don't understand. I put my hand there and it just went down like a balloon that, you know, you open the top of the balloon. It just went, Shh. I took my hand and I was like, Whoa! Then the girl, there was a lady who was there, one of the NYC coppers stationed in that place. 
she was my assistant and she just jumps back hey you know <laughs> i mean you don't understand how dramatic it was it just vanished then the next thing the woman went under the power of god but she did not fall she sat down and she was like huh. after a minute and a half she opened her eyes she said she said she said it's real i said what's real she said that as soon as my hands touched her that she saw two men in white just appear one was on the left one was on the right and they had huge wings and then they said you've received power and you are healed go up your hands and praise the lord glory to god i don't know what that woman is doing right now but i know the bible says what is man that you should visit him what is man but i'll tell you who she was she was that man in christ oh hallelujah man i'm telling you the third day was amazing on the day of my departure which was the fourth day as i was coming they brought to me someone that they said had morning sickness have you heard of morning sickness before i mean night sickness this is night sickness once it's 9 p.m the person goes into convulsion just begins to convulse so they brought the guy the guy's bone was broken his bone was broken because one day in the morning he was riding his bike he's a transporter and the journey from the village to the main city is about two hours then from the main city to the main main city is two hours so when he got to the main city and entered and was about to go get fell in the main main city on the highway he seized he convulsed and as he was convulsing his bike ran him over and then the bike took this bone and bent it scattered his leg and he was dumped he was just on the floor on one side of the the village so they came they had worked on his body for months he was walking when i met him he was walking like a normal person when i met him then they brought the boy to me i said okay i said how are you sir at first i thought it was a young boy when they brought him it was a man <laughs> but if you see the person that came to bring his mother to me it was not him it was his mother praise god for mothers and those of you who will be mothers thank you for your love i learned the true value of mothers there there are some of you who say go forbid me i don't even want to give birth don't worry don't worry don't worry if you believe what i believe your birth will be easy the bible said you will be delivered through childbirth you know you're not going to go Aya! Oi! no you will be delivered through childbirth amen all right so i proceeded to pray for the young man and well in a hurry so i was holding my bag i said okay let me pray for you i said in the name of jesus and as soon as i placed my hand on him the devil just shook and jumped out of his back and stood i said now be gone and the boy just quaked opened his eyes and for the first time in his life he felt free 
And that was how the Lord healed him. And I said, he said he has not gone up to two weeks without ever having seizures in his life. I said, that's all right. That's not a problem. I said, then, first we will calculate 14 days. In 14 days, when you see that you've had no seizure, come and report to the pastors. When you report to this particular pastor, the pastor is going to bless you. Then after that, wait for 30 days. Then come back and report to the pastor. And then the pastor will bless you. Then you may go your way knowing that you are forever well. I believe that those 14 days will soon be complete. Praise God forever. Well, let's just lift up our hands and thank the Lord for everything that he has done. For the over 100 people who were healed. And for over 60 people who received the salvation of God in their heart. And whom the Lord commissioned to go and preach his word. Come on, people. How do you thank the Lord? Thank Him, people. Do you thank the Lord under your breath? Who do you think you are? Isn't He bigger than that? Thank the Lord. Thank Him for all the things that amazed you. Thank Him for all the blessings that He has done. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Sing it loud. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord Almighty who reigns, who reigns, who reigns forever more. Blessed be, blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord Almighty. Hallelujah. Who was and is and is. Hallelujah. To come. Blessed be, blessed be, blessed be the Lord Almighty, who reigns, who reigns, who reigns forevermore. You are I stand in awe of you. Yes, you are great. You are great. So great, so great, so great. Yes, you are great. You are great. I stand. I stand in awe. Keep singing that song. Yes, you are great. You I stand in awe of you. 
Father, I give you praise. We lift our hands to say thank you. It's a privilege to worship. It's a privilege to know you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wondrous works. To the children of men, for he has broken the cords and the bars of iron. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your holy name. We are ever amazed and humbled by your word. And the people said, Amen. Amen. Well, clap your hands and praise the Lord loudly to Jesus. Take your seats, please. Amen. I'm telling you guys, the Lord, the Lord is, <coughs> the Lord is very kind. And if you're one of those people who have not made the Lord your personal Savior, if you're one of those people, I do not know what other sign you need. We would not waste our time trying to convince you. We would go to those who have not heard before. Those are our priority. But, you know, I told you before from the book of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse 22, that we read, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he adds no trouble to it. My topic today is the blessing of the Lord. But before I go into the blessing of the Lord, I will have to tell you that most of the things that I'm about to tell you, are definitely going to change your life forever. They're definitely going to change your life forever. But I perceive that whenever I start telling things like this, I have to start from the basics of scripture and pretend that I have not that you have not learned some of the most important things in the word of God. How many of you are members of Plefan? Raise up your hand. Raise up your hand. Alright. Raise it up high. Alright. How many of you are yet to be? Raise up your hands. Alright. How many of you are visitors? Raise up your hands. Alright, God bless you, man. You're welcome. Okay? Now, if there is anything that you would understand in Plefan or right here, is that we are training you to be strong. How many of you recognize that? We are training you to be strong. We're not training you to be weaklings, you know, those kind of people that just cry whenever something is going on. You just go, oh Lord, you know I am weak, but you are strong. You know, those kinds of, um, that kind of life. But we are training you to live exactly like Jesus Christ. We are training you to actually help you realize that God's not a man that he should lie. We are training you not to know him as God, but to know him as Father. Amen. That's what we're training you to do. That's what we're training you to do. The process of training sometimes may seem tough. But you know, with God, weakness is not allowed. Praise God, many of you are stronger now, aren't you? You're stronger now. You're stronger than you used to be. You don't go wimpy, crying when things are bad. You don't go when, when some things don't go probably the way you play. Because, <laughs> Lord, are you still with me? Is, is there a God there? If I be a man of God. Are you crazy? Who do you think you are? <laughs> if you be a man of God, did you ever doubt it? Leave that for brother Elijah. It's a lesson. 
But don't say such things. You have been trained. And we, we keep training you. But some of you don't know why we train you to be strong. Because in Christ there is no room for weakness. I know that people keep thinking that, oh, this is what the Bible says, when I am weak, then he is strong. Lord, you know I'm weak. <laughs> oh boy. Just like that person here, who's a guy, <clears throat> who keeps saying, good news that I just have this weakness for women. I have tried. I've prayed. Nothing is happening. Well, let me tell you a portion of scripture. Job said, I have made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon women lustfully. You best make a covenant with your eyes. Huh? Make a covenant with your eyes. That your eyes will not look upon women until an evil concupiscence comes upon you. You just look at like, ooh la la. And then you start speaking in tongues. What's wrong with you, man? Something is really wrong. Praise God. But you would say that, you see, when you come to Christ, you must recognize that one of the characteristics of strength, or one of the characteristics of knowing God is strength. I want to show it to you in the book of Daniel chapter 11. Bill, I just need to get on this preamble. I told you that the Lord instructed me out of the blues. And I've never taught this really before. To teach people about prosperity. And that's just what I'm obeying right now. Okay? It does take a lot to preach the word of God without putting human feelings into it. Or without putting personal opinion into it. That is where true prayer comes in. Especially for the man of God. Those of you who are ministers of the gospel, you know what I'm talking about. Look at it. Verse Daniel chapter 11 verse 32. Are you there? Let's read it together. One, two, go. Hold on, everybody is not there yet. You're supposed to read it out loud. Everybody, are you there? The book of Daniel. Do you want to know where Daniel is? Daniel is right after Ezekiel. Do you want to know where Ezekiel is? Ezekiel is right after Jeremiah. Do you still want to know where Jeremiah is? Now that's where you know you have some problems. Alright? Jeremiah is right after Isaiah. Now if you want to know where Isaiah is, I cannot help you. You would have to go to your book of, you know, your table of content. Amen. Okay, so let's look at it. Let's look at it. Daniel 11.32. If you're there, say amen. Okay, let's read it together. One, two, go. Praise God. I like that. It says, but they who do know their God shall what? Be strong and they shall do exploits. You see, that's the thing about knowing God. As we grow to know God, we leave weaknesses behind. We leave weaknesses behind. We leave excuses. You know, weaknesses are excuses for not serving God with all of our hearts. There are people who just worship the Lord as they feel. Have you ever been one of those people? I've been there. 
You know how I, how, I, how I would worship the Lord as I feel? Right now I feel so good, so let's just sing praises to the Lord. I sing praises to your name. Then something happens that I did not see coming. And then I can't pray. And I'll say it's been two weeks since I prayed. I don't understand myself again. My prayer life is going down. Pray for me. No one can pray your prayer into life. You, you know that. Do you know that? Great secret. Big secret. No one can pray your prayers to life. These are my prayer life. My Bible study life. How many lives do you have? <laughs> so God says in his word, they that know their God, they shall be strong. And they shall do exploits. Do you see? That the secret of exploits is knowing God. The secret of doing exceeding abundantly more than what men can imagine and even you can imagine is found in knowing God. Oh, bless God. Bless God is not that hard. Is it hard to know the Lord? Of course it's not hard. Yes, it does take discipline. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It does take discipline. Tell your neighbor it's a way of discipline. The Bible says that physical exercise does profit little. But godliness profits in all things. There's something that both physical exercise and godliness share in common. They are both trainings. They have both to do with exercise. The regimen for training your physical body into having the master sculpture. Some of you have not yet seen what you ought to be like, guys. Some of the guys that are seated here, don't look at your neighbor if it's a guy, have not seen what their muscles are supposed to be formed into. Some of your muscles are learning. <laughs> I mean, you still have the muscle of a teenager. And you're an adult in your late 20s or even mid-20s. Then for the ladies, you know, we, we, we abuse ladies. We say, those, when I was in secondary school, we used to abuse ladies that had, you know, the muscles of their legs properly trained. We call it Sally. Some people will call it yams. <laughs> you know? But then that's what made their legs, that's what made those ones agile. We, we didn't like the dull ones. But the ones that had the proper muscles, we had problems with them. You see, see, yummy! And then the, the ladies would get uncomfortable. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. The same discipline, the same commitment, the same thinking, the same passion that it would take to build your physical body is the same passion and discipline and dedication and commitment that it would take to build your inside. When it comes to exercising, do you know pain is good? There are those of you who do like this. I've seen someone do it who lives with me. Let's do press-ups, okay? Then we start. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He turns like this. Oh, ah. <laughs> I'm not doing it again. And you're like, <laughs> if it hurts, then you're succeeding. But if, it, if you get up and nothing happens, you best know <laughs> that your muscles are sleeping. Praise the Lord. And that you've not grown anyway. Some people exercise where it's comfortable. 
and how it feels. And that's how we treat our own hearts. But God sees in his word. You know what? I got to tell you this. I'm sure somebody here is going to receive that with faith in their heart. But the rate at which you're getting to know the Lord, it shall be no surprise when you start doing exploits. Say amen to that. It shall be no surprise. I mean, you know, you know that's how I think about how your exams will be this semester. My goodness. My goodness. I mean, you go down to look at your exam scripts. And when you're done, you turn back. You say, let somebody shout hallelujah. <laughs> say amen to that. Those of you who got jobs, those of you who got, you know, businesses that you're doing, I can imagine the exploits that your business would be doing. You know why? Because it takes knowing God to perform exploits. To do the extraordinary things in this world does not take all the prayer in the world. It just takes getting to know daddy. The more I know him, the more I know him, the more I know his power. Where there is power, there is wonder. Bless God for Jesus. That's what we are training you to do. We're not training you to be weak. We're not training you to go into God in the plat- on the platforms of feelings. There is the gospel of feelings. There's the gospel of feelings. Some people don't understand that. Some people only, I mean, some people only do things when it feels okay. Today I was hoping that the rain would keep falling until 11 o'clock to see how many of you serve God when it's okay. And then to see how many of you, how many of you would go to exams when it rains. Because I will intensely pray that it rains heavily. Then I'll see how many of you say, mm, I beg that 300 level cost. I beg you, let's just rest more. The Lord will. The Lord knows. He understands. You will not do that to physical training. But you see, you don't know. You want to do great things in God. You want to do great things in life. But the most important things in life are the things that we seem to look down upon. Praise God. Now, I need every one of you to, get to, to flow with me here. There's no room for weakness. Tell your neighbor that. You've got to be strong. Say that. There's no place for wimps. There's no place for sissies. There's no place for that. So, oh, no. The Bible says, thou shalt not test the Lord thy God. There's no place for that. There's no place for living like God is not alive. Or like the Holy Spirit is not living inside of you. There's no place for that. Some of the knowledge we've been receiving from even the things that ought to make us strong in Christ has, is seemingly making us weak. I met a young man who said that God loves him so much he doesn't need to take a lot of time to pray. And I said, brother, there's no revelation of the new creation that stops us from praying a lot. I said, if Jesus had to pray a lot, how much less you? He said, but Jesus prayed once for all. I said, really? Really? That's redemption as you see it? But Jesus said, when the groom, when the bride is gone, he says, then they will fast. Then they will pray. Jesus prayed for you when you pray. Jesus said, until now you have asked for nothing. 
He says, but ask that your joy may be full. Ask that your father, that the father may be glorified in the son. The father wants you to pray. Praise the Lord. The father wants you to pray. Look briefly with me at the book of Isaiah chapter 35. I'm telling you about prosperity, but this is just the preamble. You need to know these things that I'm going to tell you because some of you always end up thinking that someone is attempting to teach you what's not in the Bible. Isaiah chapter 35 verse 3 and verse 4. Look what it says. Man, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. How many of you have your Bibles there and you're looking at it? Come on, open it quickly. Be like soldiers. Don't open it like wimps. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance. With divine retribution, he will come to save you. Do you see that there? He says what? Strengthen the feeble hands. Strengthen the feeble hands. I like the way the Bible says it in the book of um, Hebrews. I'll just read it to you. Hebrews makes it more dramatic. That same place. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 12. It says, Therefore strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level parts for your feet. So that the lame may not be disabled but rather healed. You know what that means? He says, make straight parts for your feet. That means if your leg is bent, straighten it. Because if you leave it bent... It will break when it's time. That's what it's saying in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 12. You see that there's no place for weakness. As we grow, we start leaving behind a way of thinking. We start leaving behind. We start leaving behind all our former conversation. We start leaving behind those kinds of things. Because when we become born again, there is now a way of living. You know, there were people who tried to follow Jesus on their own basis. They tried to follow the Lord Jesus Christ on their own, on their own terms. There was one man that said to Jesus, Jesus came to this man and said, follow me. That was the potential 13th. I can imagine him telling me that. Hey, God. They... See, guys, you don't understand. Let's assume my mom just sent me now, now, now. To go purchase something that would help her blood pressure come down. And Jesus said, follow me. <laughs> you think I'm going to say, let me give her first? I'll drink it and go with him. <laughs> Alright. But you see, this man said, this man said, let me first go bury my dad. And after I've buried him, I'll come and follow you. It seemed like it was the right thing to do. You know what Jesus said? Jesus looked at him and said, There is no one who puts his hands to the plow and looks back that is worthy of the kingdom. He said, Except someone leaves everything behind and follows me, he cannot be my disciple. You can carry the baggages that you have right now with you. When you become born again, the Bible says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Say, my spirit is God's candle. If you don't know where it is, I hope you find it later. It says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 27, 
He says, that's what the spirit of man is. Then in the book of Psalm chapter 18, it says, thou will light my candle. So, your spirit, listen to this, your spirit is God's candle. Alright? God, now just know this, my spirit is God's candle. God is the one that lights your spirit. This means that your spirit does not come alive by itself. Your spirit did not come alive by itself. Your spirit was God's responsibility. Your spirit was God's responsibility. Your spirit was never your responsibility. The Bible says so too in the book of Ephesians. It says, and you he made alive who were once dead in your sins and in trespasses. He says, he made you alive. What part of you did he make alive? Who can guess? He made your spirit alive. Say, he made my spirit alive. So you see, when it comes to your spirit, it is not your responsibility. That's why we keep telling you that your spirit is complete in Jesus Christ. Your spirit is God's responsibility. God make sure, made sure to, that your spirit was a home for him. God made sure that your nature was transformed on the inside. But then we start traveling from the spirit and we enter into the mind. Then we start finding out that there's no place God said. There's no place God said, and I will clean your mind. And I will make it like me. And I will make you holy in your mind. There's no place God said that. Every place where he speaks of mind, even where you see hearts there, and you will know when it's the mind he's talking about. You see, for example, he says, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. He's actually talking about your mind. Even in those places where you see that, you keep seeing that your mind is your responsibility. Tell your neighbor, your mind. If it's a guy, say guy. Your mind. Okay, no, no, no. Let's say it more spiritual. Say bro, your mind. If it's a lady, say sis, your mind. You see, it's your responsibility. Tell the person, it's your responsibility. Yes, your mind is your responsibility. Your spirit, when you became born again, became exactly like Jesus Christ. Your spirit became full of the nature of God. Your spirit, your spirit, when we say train your spirit, we are not actually telling you to train your spirit. We are, train, we are teaching you to respond to your spirit. Because your heart is perfect. That's why we keep telling you you are perfect. Because the Bible says Jesus presented you faultless and blameless, first in spirit. But you see, there is this part of me, dear brethren. There is this part of me that when I became born again, I still took it with me. I still took it with me. It is the memory of my old ways. Is the memory of my old ways of thinking and doing things. It is. You know, I got to tell you something. When I was when I got born again the first time, I was I was very much into ladies. And I got born again and I was preaching the word of God and I still had ladies with me. I mean, I was so much into ladies that I finished preaching and the ladies were at home like, "Hey, what's and then we're like, hey, welcome. You know, I always had ladies. 
I always had ladies around me. And then I'll start praying and I'll say, God, take away this thing from me. Consecrate me. And it was not working. I got to a point where I started thinking this must be a turn in the flesh. This must be that thing God gave me to humble me. What a lie! You know, Satan's going to make you feel comfortable about some of the things you ought not to do. But then I found out that it was not old to prayer. But the consecration itself was old to a decision. A decision to let God's word change my way of thinking, of doing things, and responding to things with my emotions. And when I started letting God's word to change my thinking, all of a sudden, it seemed like I just rose above that particular way of life. And I was like, I mean, I was in a five-year-long relationship. And in that five-year-long, the lady who I was in a relationship with is currently married. All right? In that five-year-long relationship, we had just finished secondary school. And we planned that we're going to go to the Federal University of Technology O'Weary together. So we worked hard. And we both went in. I was studying project management. She was studying mechanical engineering. She lived in the hostel. I have always lived off campus. <laughs> you know? And we got so close that our, our knowledge of each other was telekinetic. I get hungry, she calls. She's like, you're hungry, right? I'm coming. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. But you see, the relationship started getting to a point where it was outside of what God wanted me to do. It was outside of all that was good and outside of all that was godly. And they don't make no mistakes. Whatever is not built right will not stand right. Tell your neighbor, whatever is not built right will not stand right. <laughs> Alright? Say, I build right. So anyway, this, 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 uh, on this day, I just noticed that, man, things were going bad. Things were going from bad to worse to worse to worse to worse. I mean, and this lady was wonderful. I got to tell you, this lady was wonderful. I mean, when I was not born again yet, that was when I went to toast this lady. I toasted her in church. Do you know the book she gave me the next Sunday? She said, I have a gift for you. I'll give you on Sunday. She bought me divine revelation of hell. As I heard the book, I was like, you should have just said no. <laughs> we continued to gist like normal human beings. And then the next thing she said, I have another gift for you. It was my birthday this time around. She bought me divine revelation of heaven. You see, the divine revolution of hell, I read only introduction. And I was scared to death. I was like, hell no. I want to read this thing and then the next thing I'm lying down and then the beauty falls on me and the next thing we're in hell together with the devil. I just don't want to see this. Alright? And that's how this lady was. But things started getting wrong. Things started going outside of the plan of God. And then, the day that I learned that my soul was my responsibility, and I immediately began to renew my mind and renew the spirit of my mind, I knew the relationship was over. I knew the relationship was over. I've had to make the tough choices. And you see, when you are walking with the Lord, no choice is too hard. There are those of you who keep sticking to things that you know you should not be sticking to. 
You even stick to places and to people you know you shouldn't stick with. Have you ever been in a church where you're dying and you just want to be there because you've always been there? You just go, you just say, we just have to be here because you know, this is where I started from a hundred level. If I don't stay another day, we say, who is there? The Holy Ghost? His angels? Or, I mean, I'm not just talking about those kind of things, but you know what I'm talking about, right? There is a sort of letting go. There must be something to let go of. I'm talking to people who want to do exploits in life. I'm not talking to people who just want to come to church and want to feel good. Because the truth is, what makes you feel good will have to train you strong. I know how it feels. Recently, I was jogging and I, I, I jogged from my place at Isio down to Mingit. Then I stopped and I, to- and I jogged back. And I was not tired. I said, Kai, strength has come. Hey, Oshie. I was very happy. Because previously, the last time I tried to jog before that, I was living in BDPA. And I jogged from my house to front of main gate. I was like, let's go home. Let's go home. I don't want to die. And then all of a sudden, because I had been putting a part of my body to work, I found out that it was easy. I said, up next, I should plan for Ore. Just take out one Saturday. Run to Ore. Sleep for two days. Everybody will be looking for me. <laughs> but then I'll come back and I'll say, I did it. I did it. Then one day I'll jog down and back. And then I can say, let's try Lagos. That's where you know I'll be taken by the Lord. Just vanish from there. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Alright. But you see, there has to be some sort of letting go. You know, for me to do that, I had to reduce the way I ate. I had to reduce those things that caused heaviness in my heart. Some of us feel depressed. It's the food you eat. It's the food. You just eat any nonsense. Indomie, you will put Maggi. You will put, <laughs> you put everything inside. Things that are an abomination to the noodles. Guys, I'm talking to you. What about those guys who are students who eat rats? I'm not saying it's bad. Everything is sanctified by the word and prayer. But if you find out that you get depressed after eating such, that your emotions are imbalanced, then you know something is not right. This is not a joke. I know it's funny. But as I started letting go, and I started letting go, and I started letting go, I found out that even when I didn't walk out, when I decided to walk out, it was easy. It was easy. I could jump heights that I could not jump before. And a lot of us want to just get fat in the things of God. But we don't want to let go. You don't let go of your personal opinions. You don't let go of church opinions. You don't want to receive Christ. But you want to take what people have told you over time. See, that's where unbelief comes from. Let me teach you how unbelief works. How many of you want to understand the operations of unbelief? Please, if you raise up your hand, let me know if you want to know how unbelief works. Because if you learn about it, then you will know how to deal with it. You don't have a faith problem. All you have is an unbelief problem. Your faith is steady. You don't understand. As you are right now. You can call America to Nigeria. You have more power than the entire army of this nation 
and your faith is so steady. Your faith is so steady. Oh my goodness. Somebody say, my faith has not reached a certain level where I can say something. Well, that's not what the Bible says. Let me show you how unbelief works. I want, I want six people to come out. Six people. I'm sure you're ready to always do good. Be, be in a hurry and come out. And those particular people, I pray a blessing for you too. Alright, now come and remove this. Come and remove this. Okay. Okay, this is what I want. How many are we? One, two, three, four, five, six. Alright. Okay. So, um, uh, one of the... Are you a good dramatist? You're, you're, are you a good dramatist? Are you? Yes, you are a good dramatist. Okay. Annabelle, come. Come. Now, this will be seven now. Now, come. Stand over there. All of you, come and stand here. Come and stand here. Who's going to be the boss? Who's dressed like a boss? Okay, you. Now, you stand here. Who's going to be his bodyguard? You. You. One, two. All right. Three, four. Two, one on this side, one on that side. Now, stand in front of him. Come and stand here while he's standing behind. Four. Then you two stand here while he's standing behind. Okay. Now, <laughs> you stand here, there. Okay. God bless you. Stand free. Okay. Now, this, all right, this, this is, for example, teacher T. Amen. <laughs> Let's watch carefully. If you cannot see, you can stand up so you can see. This is, for example, teacher T. But let's just call this the new man in Jesus. The believer. And this is the word that comes out of the believer's mouth. <laughs> now, this here, this person right here, come stand a little bit. Okay, stand. You still go forward a little bit. Still go forward a little. Stop. Good. Sister Goodness, take one step back. Stop. You overtook it, but it's okay. <laughs> now, this particular person here, this particular person here is the receiver. This is the receiver. This is the person that has a particular thought or understanding or knowledge. These things here are the things, sorry for calling them things, but you know what I mean, don't you? These are the things that this person believes. These are the things that this person believes inside of the person's heart. Now, this is the believer or the word. This is the word spoken that would come. Now, let's assume that this guy thinks he has come to believe that there is no, there are no faithful men on earth. Relationship-wise. No faithful, no faithful women since he's a guy. That there is no girl. There is no girl that doesn't have more than one guy. That if not, why do they call different people baby? Darling, honey. Why do they say sweetheart to almost all the guys that they are close to? That there is no guy. And this guy has millions, if not hundreds of thousands, of testimonies to prove what he's saying. 
he has come to believe it to the point where if this guy is talking to you he does not need to think before he tells you that and if you want to get in a relationship and you talk to him he's going to tell you bro anyway be careful you said play your own game right that's what you say how many of you know there are people like that fine now this believer is preaching and this person says now act like you're preaching you just keep standing and looking at the person that's preaching act like you're preaching but don't say words come on <laughs> now this person is preaching this person is act like you're listening yeah and and this person is, is preaching this person is listening he's acting like he's listening he's actually listening and then the more this person is talking these things that the person has already believed are already solid they are already powerful i want you to understand this now then the person says there are many many faithful and good people in the world the first thing that guy says is do something like that mm -hmm. You say we don't hear, eh, we don't hear tired. No, not so that they talk. Even you say, Pastor. <laughs> Even you. Are you sure? If we check you now, we may see something there. How many of you know there are always people who think like that? Always people who think like that. Now, so this person is saying it. These are the things that this person believes. Look, look carefully now. Then this person is now speaking facts the person starts speaking things that are now is getting to the person's heart suddenly the person says it's possible Sha. it's true that I, I i i i understand now that there can be good people they kind of act like you understand now you know now he understands this word now will attempt to come and meet him you see what these things will do they will hold hands like this Huh? And kind of block him from block block that word from coming. Word walk down and attempt to go straight to that person. Resist that person. <laughs> now you see, listen, that resistance, that resistance is what you call unbelief. Now look carefully. It is not a special new set of thoughts. But they look carefully and they see that this pattern of thoughts. This kind of knowledge is not the same as us. So what they are doing, unbelief, is the knowledge that is protecting your heart from receiving the truth. It's guarding your own heart. Oh my goodness. I wish you understand this. It's guarding. I mean, it's, these are the things you know. They are guarding your own heart from receiving the truth. From receiving the reality. But you say, ah, but that guy has already believed. He has already said, ah, it's true. But observe something. When he said it, he still left those thoughts there. The thoughts were not replaced actively. He did not attempt, you see. The Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, right? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I do not need to teach you about the renewing of your mind for now. But then there is another place. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23 or so. It says, it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. 
it's one thing it's one thing to be transformed by renewing your mind and it's another thing to be renewed in the spirit of your mind the renewing of your mind allows you to think right that's what transforms you it transforms your life your life will be transformed but there is a limit there is only so far the renewing of the mind can go have you seen that many of you have had your minds renewed toward many things there are many things you've had your mind renewed toward but do you always wonder why you still feel afraid to do those things so many of you believe that your, your mind has been renewed toward healing your mind has been renewed toward evangelism. Your mind has been renewed. But why do you keep feeling that sense and strong sense of anxiety every time you want to tell the word of God? The spirit of your mind has not been renewed. See, renewing your mind transforms your life. Renewing the spirit of your mind, the Bible says that you may put on the new man which is made after God. You begin to live in the newness of life. Oh, bless God. What's, what's the spirit of your mind? That's what you may be asking me. The spirit of your mind now is the attitude, the emotions. The attitude and the emotions that govern your way of thinking. The attitude and the emotions. See the attitude and the emotions. And these attitudes and emotions can only be renewed through acting on the word. Through practicing the word. But renewing your mind, you are transformed by meditating on the word. When you, that's how your mind is renewed. And listening to the word often. But the spirit of your mind is renewed by practicing the word. As you practice it, your emotions start responding differently. How many of you know what I'm talking about here? Your emotions start acting differently. Suddenly, you start feeling, ah, this is easy. This is easy. Let me tell you, I know how I felt the first time that I ever prayed for somebody who could not walk. I know how I felt. You, you think I just felt like, yoo-hoo, let's go. No. I like the way Smith Wigglesworth said it. Brother Smith Wigglesworth said, fear looks and faith laughs. It's not laughing because it's funny. He's laughing because of faith. And I had to learn. My emotions started changing. My emotions towards sickness started changing. All of a sudden, when I look at sickness, I don't see a big deal. You know what I see? I see a prisoner whom can be set free. I don't see he go do hope you will do it now. Really? I don't see that. Those of you who have seen me pray for the sick know what I'm talking about. Or casting out demons. Or even preaching the gospel in the streets. You think I don't preach the gospel in the streets? But these things did not happen just because I renewed my mind. They happened because I am constantly also renewing the spirit of my mind. Now, what I'm teaching you today. See, this, this is the reason why we record our messages. Because you ought to listen to it again and again and again and again. And when you think and listen upon it, it renews your mind. It transforms your life. But you see, when you start practicing it, you put on the new man. Bless God forever. You put on the new man which is made after God. Don't you understand? Now you can live like a God on the earth. Just simply by renewing the spirit of your mind. The spirit of your mind. If 
even you, my actors here standing, tell, tell, tell one another this is important. No, help somebody know. You know when you're trying to say something important, act like you're saying something important. This is very important. Hear this and understand. Very, very important. This is for your life. Many of us have our minds renewed towards success. But why do many of us experience more failures than success? Because while your mind is renewed, the spirit of your mind, your response to success is the same. Your response to those things, they remain the same. So the mind is renewed, the spirit of it is not renewed. The emotions, the attitude. How many of you get what I'm saying here? Alright, so now you see, this is what unbelief is. Unbelief is not some far demon somewhere. Doubt can be a spirit. But unbelief is, the pro- it is what is guarding your heart from receiving it's guarding it. It's protecting it for your own good. You don't understand. These are armed thoughts trying to say, no, you can't infiltrate. You can't infiltrate. It's, it's, you don't understand. It's helping you. That knowledge is helping you. That's how it feels. Whenever you come here and you hear a, part, a particular message and you're like, mm, 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 mm. This, is not, this is not what I'm used to hearing. You see? You see? But bless God that the word of God is sharper than every two-edged sword. It's sharper than every two-edged sword. That's why I tell you, even when I'm preaching now, once today is over, take the message and listen to it again and again. Take your notes and restudy it. Open the portions of scripture and look at it. Look at it. Don't, don't act like, like nothing is happening. Why? Because there are thoughts. There are things you have already believed. These things have been there for years. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, there are many of us who actually think that God is the healer. We've always thought so. But until a certain time in our life, we didn't believe God could heal everyone. We believe that God used to actually make people sick so that he can teach them a lesson. How many of you once learned that kind of thing? Man, if you never learned it, hallelujah for you. Because I used to think so. I have a headache and I'm like, Lord, I know now you want me to rest. What? I'm sorry, the Holy Spirit is like, oh. <laughs> That's how some of us think. God is teaching me a lesson through failures. What? This part, most of you still think till now. You don't think it in those terms, but that's how you think. Failure is only a stepping stone. For goodness sake, where did you see that? You know where you learnt it? Old wives' fables. The stories of men without Christ. Old wives' fables. Failure was never meant to be a stepping stone. The word is your stepping stone. And if you fail while you are attempting to put the word to work, it's because there's something you don't understand yet. That was not the stepping stone. That was not the stepping stone. But now that's what some of you... Start renewing your mind on that right now. Failure is not this. If I fail and fail and fail, I will learn. As I'm learning, yes, I'm, I learn from, from mistakes. I learn from failure. Then you wonder why somebody says you can be perfect. And you're like, Amen! You can shout it. Now, you start going, you start responding to God from the flesh. Why do you start responding to God from the flesh? Because your spirit cannot receive it. So you imagine that the louder you shout, probably God will give it to me. So when we say, say amen, 
It's great you shout loud, but some of you shout out of what you don't believe. So that's why you're like, this next thing our wood will scatter. Everything will break. We will think people have received only two people who come and give testimony. Praise the Lord. That thing that was said, it happened to me. What happened to all the hundreds that said amen? Can you understand me now? So the word that is being spoken, the word that is being spoken is never the problem. Oh, turn to your neighbor and say, renew the spirit of your mind. Well, let's give these guys a clap as they go to take their seat. If you understand that, say amen. This I'm teaching you is what you need for prosperity. You, we need to start on this basis first because if I, if I just start and I start telling you the principles of prosperity, some of you will think we're attempting to tell you cunningly devised fables. Things that we need to enrich ourselves. And nobody needs those kind of things by the grace of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Do you know that 95% dear friends over here 95% of your action and words occur without you thinking. How many of you know that? How many of you here know that? Raise up your hands. Some of you don't know it. Do you know on this side that 95% of your actions and words happen without you thinking? If you know that, please raise up your hand. Let me see you. Good. Many of you here don't know it. Do you know on this side that 95% of your thoughts, of your actions and words occur without you thinking? Raise up your hands. Few people here know it. I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. Um, okay. Brother, please stand up. Praise the Lord. Now, this is Brother Daniel, right? This is Brother Daniel. How are you, sir? Okay. Okay. Why did you stretch forth to shake me because my hands were like this? They've been like this since. All right? Why did he respond? Did you think? Well, why did you do it? It's just something that happened because you're used to the fact that when hands are stretched, you shake it. But I was, in my mind, I was actually attempting to just show them you. This is Brother Daniel. But now it has happened that this is a learned behavior. This is a learned behavior. There are learned ways of thinking. We just have those things happen naturally. Well, let's tell him God bless you. Thank you, Sina. I can do, you know, I can walk down. I remember when, um, I met a sister once. Okay, not, not that I met a sister once. Let's leave a personal story. Let's just say something I saw on the internet. Alright? And I saw this brother. <laughs> I think it was on Pastor Emmanuel's phone. It was a picture. And the guy knelt down on one feet. And the lady closed her eyes. And she was like, oh my God! And she was actually tying a shoelace. <laughs> Alright? <laughs> She just stretched her hand to take the ring. Now, I can imagine that would have to be the most awkward moment on earth. 
In fact, if there, if there was a relationship existing between two of them, it is finished. This one is it's absolutely... What? How can she cover up from there? Would she do like this and say, I was just trying to praise the Lord? <laughs> she can't do that. It will be so embarrassing. And do you know that girls take embarrassment much more personal than guys? They take embarrassment so personal. A lady may not show her face for two weeks just because she fell on the road. She will pass by another route. The guy will stand up, shake on that guy. Hey, now, so it be now. <laughs> he might even receive a nickname and like the name. Are you understanding me? But lady won't take it lightly. I've seen ladies who just because the heel cut off and the lady had to walk on one heel and was like this. She felt so embarrassed. Because of that, what? and I was like, what's your, take off your, your feet, your stuff and walk on your feet. She was like, no, I hope nobody's seen me. What's wrong with you? Now, now, but my point precisely is this. Most of our actions and most of our words, when a question is asked to you, often time, Unless you don't have that inside of your consciousness, you've never thought of such a thing in your consciousness, you will have no answer. You will have an answer like, I don't know. But, if you have learned something like that, you would find out that you just answer. You just start saying words. Probably it was not even that particular topic, but there's something in the database of your soul. There's something in the database of your brain. You just respond. You, you talk by reflex. Don't you know you talk by reflex? Most, most of you, re- there are girls here and guys here who still respond by reflex. And everybody does respond by reflex, but your reflexes are still bad. Somebody might mistakenly just say, maybe she comes down from the bus and the, the bus guy says a hurtful word. A word that is not supposed to hurt you because that's not you. You just turn back and you don't know what you're like. <laughs> a guy is is talking you and he's probably trying to you don't know when you just are you mad no tell me something wrong with your head i've said no i don't want to talk to you get out of my life you will do that to a guy but you can't do it to the devil when to the <laughs> God help me. But now it's a guy. Get out. Are you mad? The one the devil deserves to give to a man. Our reflexes are still poor. Why? Because it's our upbringing. We've been trained. 95%. You rarely think before you talk. It's not true. You don't think. You don't, you don't think. Is there, how, can you, how many of you here will tell me every time you want to talk you think? Only very small portions of the time. And it's usually when your answers matter too much. Maybe you are in, you're in an interview. It counts to say the right thing. That's when you first think and think and think and think. You say, sir, I'm not sure, but this is what I think. They ask you a question in class and say, you stand up and say, you, you think and think on the best way to put it. Are you understanding me? So these things are already inside of your heart. They're already inside of your mind. This is what makes us not to be successful. 
the things that have been inside of your heart. So God knew that all these things will stand like a giant one day in your life. They'll garrison your own mind and protect you from receiving that which is good. So you know what the Lord did? You know what the Lord did? The Lord said, you know what? I'm going to give them my word. And when I give them my word, they are going to speak my word and they are going to think my word until those doubts are dissolved. Then a new set of thoughts will come in. That's when it becomes easy. That's when it becomes quick. That's when it becomes fast. That's when it becomes real. The things that are taught in God's word. How many of you know that? People, for you to understand the prosperity that I'm going to be teaching you, because what I'm about to tell you is going to literally change your lives forever. It's going to change your financial uh, statuses. It's going to change your spirit. It's going to change your soul. It's going to change your body. But I need you to know that what counts is what is inside of you. There are things that are done. You see, now, now wait, wait. How many of you now understand when somebody says that someone does something in unbelief? It's not that they don't accept the truth of that word. It's not that they don't think that that thing is correct. But the, the way of thinking... The consciousnesses are still the same. He acknowledges. That's why you, there are some things you say, but I believe now. Uh, how many of you have experienced that kind of thing before? But I believe now. Why didn't it happen? Something has not been replaced. People, this is where our discipline in Christ comes in. This is where our discipline in Christ comes in. This is where your strength comes in. This is where your strength comes in. The Bible says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your what? And with all your strength. It says you worship the Lord with all your strength. Your strength is your mind. Uh, you remember I proved that to you, right? Those of you who, who need that message, you can ask for it from any of the usher standing there and he'll direct you somewhere where you can get those messages. But your mind, something has got to be replaced. Then you cannot walk like a giant. And you can say stuff and it happens. And you say there's no surprise. The, the life that we live does not happen on guesses. You don't need to be a prophet to know who's going to succeed. See, I know you're going to succeed. I know that your exams will be the best ever. How do I know that? How do I know that? Because God says in his word that you are the head and not the tail. He said, you shall be above and not beneath. And you know this. But hey, hey, I hope it has changed a way of thinking inside you. Because if you still think that it can be so difficult, I'll get sick. That's where some of you have fevers from exam. That's where some of you get loose with the things of God during your exam period. The period where you actually need to be closer to the Lord is a period where you get less closer. How many of you think that's crazy? I think so too. Alright? Oh, great people of God. If only we would press into God. We would find out that a way has already been made. Say a way has already been made. Say a way has already been made. Can you understand these things I'm telling you today? This I preach to you is the strong man's gospel. This is not a gospel for the weak. This is not a gospel for those who are ready to be beggarly. 
For those people who are trying to, Lord, I need a breakthrough. You will never need a breakthrough again in your life if you know what I'm talking about. Do you know what a breakthrough entails? Oh no, you don't want a breakthrough. Believe me. Do you know what a breakthrough entails? The word. Cut that word into two. What do you have? And how many of you like that word? Break. True. It means... Who, who here is in English department? Linguistics? Okay, linguistics. Who understands English very well? Who is good at English? Who is really good at English? Because I'm about to ask you to explain what the word breakthrough means in pure English. Who can do that? If you can do it, raise up your hand. Cast not away your confidence. <laughs> Cast not away your confidence. Yeah, who can do it? You can do it. Alright, please explain to us. Praise the Lord. A breakthrough would mean that um, there is a barrier that you need to um, undermine to assess a particular point. Okay, now that I made it complex. To break through means to cut across a barrier that established, that is already established at a point. Okay. Praise the Lord. Did you get it? Breakthrough. There is resistance. You, that thought wanted to break through. Do you understand? There is resistance. I have to force my way. Hey, how can I need a breakthrough every week? How can I need a breakthrough every month? You know what the Bible says? It says, I will cause the heavens above you to be like brass. The earth under you to be like iron, so that you will break through. I cannot. Oh Lord Jesus, this is the curse. This is a curse. This is a curse. So I will need the earth to be like iron. And I will till, and I will till, and I will till. Then I will find gold. But praise God with a word. With a word. With a word, all things become possible. But I'll tell you what, brethren, your mind, your mind has to be renewed on the word of God. There are many of you who love to talk here. And many of you ladies who even love to gossip. Till now you still gossip. The Lord's blessing you in Jesus' name. Many of you love to talk about people. Many of you love to talk about things. Some of you talk about the most mundane things in life. Talk about the most mundane things in life. Some of you imagine things that you should not imagine. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. When it comes to speaking the word of God, have you noticed how you get tired of talking? But that's where your strength comes in. Tiredness becomes a matter of choice now. I will not stop saying the word of God. The Bible says he has said, I will not leave you nor forsake you so that I will say. If he said, I will say. If he said in his word, he says, and this book of the Lord will not depart out of your mouth. But you meditate on it day and night. When I wake up in the morning, even when I feel too tired to talk, I'll start speaking under my breath. I'll start speaking under my breath. My mind will be trained to be strong. I will slave my mind till I master it. 
I will put my mind to work until Christ is formed in me. Because people, I am traveling every day so that Christ will be formed in you. Now you have to travel for yourselves. You don't know how long it takes for someone to study his Bible and tell you what he's telling you. You will never know. You will never know. And I'll never tell you. But it does take a lot. It does take a lot. Someone has told me once, lay hands on me so that I can teach the, the word of God the way you teach it. And I said, if you put the work in, you wouldn't need hands to be laid on you. Because it does take time. It does take time to find truth. To find the truth that is without personal opinions. That's what I told you today is a teaching day. That's why I came very early to start talking to you right now. And to tell you that you can, you can live like Jesus on earth today. If you will make the word of God, if you will make yourself subject to the word. If you will make your mind respond until your emotions feel good about it. At first it may not feel good. It's okay. There is just a threshold. After the pain comes the joy forever. Weeping may endure for a night. The training... When I was training myself to learn how to receive supernaturally from God, only the people who are closest to me know what I went through. And that was when I was, when I was still in the university here. I even gave out my whole room. I was learning to trust in the Lord's word. Oh, but through it all, let's rise on our feet. Hallelujah. Stop it. Let's sing the song as we close. True it all. God bless you for listening to this anointed sermon of Teacher Tony today. We are excited and would love to hear from you. Kindly share your questions, prayer needs, and praise reports about how this sermon has blessed you. No matter how brief, via our email address at playfan at gmail.com. That is P-L-E-F-A-N at gmail.com Kindly subscribe and share so the name of Jesus can go far and wide through this ministry. And until next time, God bless you.